Miller, Sean Hannon. Rescue your retirement. GrowWealthSafely.com. Vocational delivery has changed forever. Because in, in the scheme of life, I believe this will be a very short period. I mean, if an average person lives 80 years, and this goes on for a year or so, and broken up maybe in two phases over the course of a year, that's relatively, it seems like an eternity when we're going through it and people are shut in for two months going on three, and it seems like an eternity now. But it is a short blip on the radar screen. However, I believe that education has permanently changed And I want to talk about that. I know some of it came up earlier in the program, but we can delve. There's many layers to that. We can delve deeper into that when we come back. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. 48 minutes past the hour. A reminder, I'm going to tell you about my excellent adventures of yesterday. They actually started late Saturday into Sunday and relentlessly did not end until I finally went to sleep about midnight. I never saw it coming. And uh, we'll share with you all the details. Dateline, Cape May, Sunset Beach uh, coming up after the top of the hour news break. We continue with Bob Gargiulo, the superintendent of public schools for Cape May City and West Cape May. Bob, my question for, for you before the break and for listeners just tuning in now is that much like telemedicine is here to stay, even though it was very, very hard for a number of years to get people to do it because they couldn't get out of the habit of wanting to see the doctor. And I, I guess you're see, you are seeing them when it's virtual, but I think a lot of people couldn't get their head around the virtual thing, that it, maybe something would be missed or it wouldn't be safe, and I'd rather see the doctor. But now, by necessity, people have picked up on it. And as you know, Bob, I have... Uh, a number of family members is when when our whole family is together we're the safest house in in the world in terms of nurses and nurse practitioner and all kinds of people uh that can save lives in one room the 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 fact that people now have done this because they had to i they're not going to go back unless they have to because then you don't have to wait and you don't have to expose yourself maybe to people sicker than you are Ladies and gentlemen, how many times have you gone to urgent care because your ears are all stopped, your nose is all stopped, your chest is all stopped up, and then they tell you there's no infection, you do not need an antibiotic, you're going to resolve, and meanwhile, you waited an hour with people hacking lungs out, coughing all over the place, and you're in a place you don't even want to be, and now you don't have to do that. So, Bob, it would seem to me that we can't go back. The genie is out of the bottle and we can't stuff her back in, nor do I think we want to. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, the hospital model is a good example, and you're right. I mean, you sit in the emergency room, and all these people around you hacking, and you're just there maybe because you got an earache. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. I, I think that, as you mentioned, we talked earlier, you know, 
things are going to, education is not going to look the same. It's just not, you're going to have to be, as long as we have public education, you're going to have to provide opportunities to keep your children in your public school. Um, and parents are going to be, especially in the beginning, going to be cautious about what they do. So, you know, we said back in 2001, never thought you'd take your shoes off in an airport. Well, here we are. I mean, we're in a situation where the whole process of delivering instruction and our educating our children is going, is going to change. It, it, it's given. It's going to change. So how do we approach that? Let's be positive about it. Let's make it work. I, you know, so many times I hear, well, this isn't going to work. Or, well, you know, we've been doing it this way. No, let's be positive. Let's be thinking outside the box. Let's make the best program we can for our children so that the parents feel they're still part of our school system, they're still part of our activities. And again, what about the kids that have special needs? What about the child that, again, has a compromised immune system? We're just going to say, well, you can't come to my school anymore? Come on. We can't do that. So we really have to make it viable that it works in both scenarios and it works for all the kids. And that's a challenge, but you've got some great thinkers out there and you've got great educators and great leaders and hopefully good minds will come together and we'll pull this off. Bob, and I don't mean just your district, from colleagues and these superintendent meetings that you have and everybody just chit-chatting it up and calls that you've had with other people in your field. How are teachers doing with such a dramatic change in terms of how they teach? How I, I guess it's like life. Some have probably adapted very well and some may be struggling with it. But what are your general thoughts at how teachers are doing with this? Well, I think now, four or five, I'm going to keep it how many weeks into it now, um, I think they're doing a great job. Um, there are still some challenges. Obviously, you have teachers with kids at home. We've talked about that. I think the biggest challenge I've seen, I've heard it from other districts, is when the children drop out. And you have some big districts where a lot of kids left a month ago and didn't come back on. Um, I think the teachers start to really get upset about that because that's their kids and they, they worry about them and they want them to be with them online and be basically with their classes. But I think the challenges that they've had, I think they've done a phenomenal job, believe me, and all across the board, a phenomenal job of working, making this work because it was so new. And they were willing to you know, step up, make the changes they need to make, go against the grain of what we've done for how many years, and really step up and make it work. So I know, from at least my experience and teachers I've talked to, and I have, like, my principal, Zach, his wife's a teacher, they feel that, okay, it's not perfect, but I think we made it work, and we feel pretty good about what we did. Bob, do you, do you see the way that students learn to become a teacher has to change as well? They can't, they can't just use the same methods of bringing out teachers that will then student teach and then are in the classroom and next thing you know they're they're hired and they're a teacher the whole system has to change doesn't it oh absolutely i mean this goes all the way through the whole process of college i mean i had a teacher on maternity leave right before the break i hired a, per, a girl actually she's a brigantine resident just jump in as long-term sub just out of college and she jumped in she did a, in fact she did a phenomenal job of doing it. But she said to me, she goes, wow, I didn't learn this in college. So yeah, you're right. You didn't. So I think that they're going to have to look, the teacher education program really has to take a close look at how are they delivering the instruction and what courses are they offering? Because you know, as well as I do, Harry, you can go through all the college classes, but until you put your foot in that door to classroom, that's when the real learning experience happens. Yep. But if we 
we so we can't do traditional anymore. You've got to design your teacher education programs to mirror what it's going to look like in the classroom with virtual learning and so forth. Bob, you and I, you and I have had many conversations on and off air about the teaching to tests, which just is such a bone of contention with me. Uh, awful, awful process. And even those who don't admit it, you know it's true. And you know when the tests are within a couple of weeks, uh, the intensive drilling and, and practice tests. And I don't care what anybody says. When you're funding and when your industry is based on test results, to ignore or not acknowledge that we are teaching to the test is, is almost intellectually insulting. So I won't even go there. But we know that these testing things have been curbed for this year. What's the future of that stuff going forward? Well, again, I hope we learn from this year, and we don't do any more state standardized assessments. I'm not with you. I'm not, everybody knows as well as me. I'm not big on that. It doesn't tell me about children's growth, but it tells me children's growth what happens in the classroom every day and what the teachers tell us how their children are doing. One, a week of standardized test, then you're right, it's all based on economics, it's all based on money, it's based on results, but uh, hopefully we've learned through this and moving forward because we're going to do more virtual learning, the standardized tests are gone, and that we're not going to be able to do that mandate two weeks in May where everything shuts down. And you're right, we start prepping in January, so we're ready for the test in May. And if we change our, our delivery instruction and the way we deliver curriculum, you can still meet your standards, which I think standards are good because it gives you individual benchmarks within your district. But I don't have to take this standardized test where Pearson makes a ton of money and, and all these kids rank throughout the state of New Jersey, no matter where you live, for what? It doesn't really give me a lot of data. What gives me data is what's going on every day in the classroom with the kids. Bob, let me throw a couple things at you in a lightning round. We have three minutes left in your program. Uh, many children, as you know, breakfast and lunch, the meals that happen at schools might be the only meals they have. If kids aren't in school, what's going to happen with that? I know some districts have done things, others have not. Some started it and then stopped it because it became difficult to, to manage. What's the future of all that? Well, I, and that's a good question. And again, we're doing a short service agreement with Cape City, West Cape May, Houston, Cape City's cafeteria. Uh, they've done a real good job of making sure those families that are that need the food are getting it. And I think what we have to do is put a plan together that whatever we're offering is available for the kids that are home and and how we're going to deliver that and how that's done. That's a, a process we're going to have to work on. But I do believe that it's important. It was important through this crisis that we have the opportunity to provide breakfast or lunch for the children that they normally but might not get. We were able to get it to them. And, yes, it was a challenge. A lot of districts, you know, took a, a ball and ran with it. Some struggled, but I think moving forward, that's going to really be part of the plan is how we deliver that food to those children. Your school year, because you worked through the, uh, the Easter holiday, is going to end very, very quickly. I mean, we're at the 18th of, of May, and you're going to be done by the 7th or so of, of June. Others will be done maybe a week behind you. So we're at the tail end of this. Uh, I'm always a big believer in whether I was a runner and always had a finishing kick. You want to have a strong finish. How do districts have a strong finish and make the most of uh, a very unfortunate circumstance? Well, I think that big part, as I mentioned earlier, is that last week of school, tried the textbooks. 
do some fun activities with the kids online. Uh, there's, I just got an email from somebody that has a whole week full of fun activities you can do with your education. So it's some way education like Facebook are fun. Um, and really just, here's the thing that came up. Just the children are starting to ask, Mom and Dad, what's my summer going to look like? Mom and Dad, what's September going to look like for me at school? Mom and Dad don't have answers. So I tell the teachers, look, you got to be honest with the children, but, you know, comfort them. You, you're trained and skilled at doing that. So make them feel comfortable because that's this is a real challenge. I think the graduation piece, and we don't have time now, I think now that all the things have been ironed out to some degree, I think that's going to help because that does put some finality to the year and make it as interesting, fun, virtual, whatever, as possible. Because that's the key part, is getting the end of the year off, like you had said earlier, getting off on a positive note so that when we do come back in September, the children are ready to come back. Let's do this, Bob. If it, if it meets with your approval and the music's playing us out so we have to run, let's, um, if, if you're up, up for it, let's reconvene in two weeks. And I've already written down, let's make the first order of business. We'll talk about graduation and other special programs. Got it. Now I'll let you know I'm making out with the legislation, too. Appreciate that, Bob. Thanks for a great hour. All right, thank you. All right, thank you, Howard. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Appreciate your partnership. When we come back, Dateline Cape May, specifically Sunset Beach, even more precisely, Sunset Beach Gift Shop. Late Saturday night, I received a communication. Little did I know that it was going to take up more than 12 hours of my life yesterday. I'm not complaining, merely reporting. Next. It's early in the morning. Tell a friend on WPG 95.5, 1450, and of course, anywhere and everywhere on the WPG app. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3, HD3 Millville. The World Health Organization is irreplaceable. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. The head of the U.N. said that at a virtual World Health Assembly, the U.S. has been critical of the WHO, accusing it of being too cozy with China, which is under widespread scrutiny for how it handled the coronavirus outbreak. Fox's Simon Owen has more live. Dave, more than half of the World Health Organization's 194 member states are understood to be backing a proposal from Australia and the European Union for an independent investigation into how the coronavirus Came, where it came from and how it spread. The WHO says it welcomes the plan. Chinese President Xi Jinping has just addressed the agency's annual assembly, saying China will also support an investigation, but only when the pandemic is brought under control. President Xi also pledging $2 billion to fight the virus. Dave. Simon, Italy is reopening cafes and hair salons and shops. The Pope can hold public masses again after that country had for a time the most coronavirus deaths in the world. The U.S. is now number one by far with nearly 90,000 people killed by the virus out of almost one and a half million corona cases. More than a dozen states are lifting more restrictions this week, including Florida. We need to open the economy here in, uh, in Miami-Dade, but do it in a safe way. Miami-Dade Mayor Carlos Jimenez told Fox he'll get a haircut and take his wife out to dinner to show it's safe. Now, Florida and several other states are allowing gyms to reopen, but not New Jersey, where one gym owner is opening up today anyway. USA! 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 
That's a crowd this morning outside the Tillis Gym opening now. Owner Ian Smith tells Fox he's restricting capacity, members only, strict sanitation in the facility. And it's so far beyond what the other stores are doing that at this point, if the governor chooses to shut us down, it is absurd. Tropical storm Arthur could rain down on the North Carolina coast, moving closer. Some areas could get five inches of rain before Arthur moves out to sea. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. As Tropical Storm Arthur passes about 250 miles south-southeast of New Jersey tonight, we're facing increased cloud cover, a strong onshore breeze, and cool temperatures today, maybe even a shower or sprinkle along the coast this afternoon. High temperature today only around 60 degrees. Continuing shower chance tonight with lots of clouds and a low of 52. And then tomorrow gets windy with gusts to 40 miles an hour. Coastal flooding also a concern. Partly sunny and 60 tomorrow, 58 with a chance of showers and drizzle on Wednesday. I'm Chief Meteorologist. Dan Zarrow on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you very much and welcome back. I'm going to announce this, but if you're listening to to the digital stream you won't hear me say it but you could be listening on a terrestrial radio and maybe you will be going in you know and wanting to use the digital stream at some point so it's good to know there is an issue with the digital stream right now uh it does not appear to be playing the program it's playing other components commercials and intros and news and some other things but not the program so we we've reported it and we'll get it resolved as quickly as we can as I break for the first time on air this issue about Sunset Gift Shop, Sunset Beach in Cape May, and yes, that was the uh, the fabulous example, Larry Hume and his family, when uh, they stood by Kate Smith and the whole issue involving that, and they're not a controversial family at all. They're just head down, nose to the grindstone, hard-working, great people. And they love the police. They love public servants. They don't want any trouble. They don't want people getting a bad rap. They know where the problem is here. This is a government problem. It's not a public safety problem. And I'm going to share with you my report, but do keep in mind that 
police officers all the time, but especially in this uh, pandemic, get placed in situations where they get an order to go do something. That, and you know, everybody out there has probably seen a police officer finesse something when they have to do something because they've received a direct order to do something and they know that it's not right, shouldn't be happening, but it could be an order from a governor, it could be an order from a superior, whatever. So the whole premise here is that there's a wonderful store that about 20 or 25% of what they sell is essential items, food, soap, hand sanitizer, uh, face masks now to answer that call, pasta, pancakes, sauces, all kinds of stuff. And they should be able to do that. Just like when you go into uh, a Walgreens or a Dollar Central or anywhere else, you're not. You can buy things that aren't food. You could buy a a three ring notebook. You could buy a laundry basket. You could buy whatever toys, whatever. Uh, but if they're essential and they have food, they're allowed to be open. That's the the whole point here. So if you go to WPG.com, if you saw it, and I will tell you that as of early yesterday, more than eleven thousand people had viewed my breaking news report. My breaking news report is the first and the only interview with Larry Hume. And again, they don't want any trouble with anyone. They're just good people. They they love the police. They don't want the police to be disrespected. Uh, I know they know that being ordered to, to close their store is is ridiculous and, and should never be the case in America. But... The whole point here is it's not about bad-mouthing the police. The Lower Township Police do a great job. Uh, Within the last couple of days or thereabouts, they have the brand-new Hero uh, police vehicle. looks wonderful from the John R. Elliott Hero campaign. They do a great job. I had a nice conversation with the PBA president, Mike, and everybody out there that knows me understands my support of public safety. Uh, I've always been there for public safety. Of course, unless somebody's acting bad, then you, you just can't be blindly for something. But that's very, very rare, and that's not the case here. This is just, unfortunately, people that have been given an order to follow. And you'll you'll note from what I'm going to share with you that from the chief on down, the chief was very compassionate and understanding about this whole thing the chief of Lower Township. So we we wrote our story. The headline was Sunset Beach gift shop owner threatened with arrest. This uh, took up my entire Sunday. And if you don't believe me, ask my wife. I did not even have any time yesterday with Margie. This took up from the moment I woke up, which you know was very early in the morning, and I knew about it late the night before, and it took my whole day because we kept adding to the story, I kept receiving phone calls, and we kept adding content right up through well past uh, dinner time and beyond. So it goes as follows. I started it with a note. The following is a breaking news report 
along with editorial commentary by Harry Hurley as follows. I can't believe that I'm even writing this story. You'll see as you continue to read. I just had the first and only interview with Sunset Beach gift shop owner Larry Hume. They had closed their store initially during the COVID-19 pandemic. However, under any fair examination, they met the state-imposed qualifications to be open. This is not in my story, but sidebar, they sell essentials. So clearly, they, they qualified. Full disclosure, my wife Margie and I have known Larry Hume for more than 50 years. He's a Ventnor boy, so am I. Uh, he went to Ventnor Public School, so did I, and so did Margie. We absolutely love Cape May. We visit often, and we stop and shop at Larry's store every time we visit Cape May. His store is a must-see when you visit Cape May and Sunset Beach. I, I, I've told you this before. This, this, again, isn't in my story, but I want to share it. Margie and I have made a tradition. I, we've either done it three straight years or four straight years. I forget. But we spend Christmas now because we celebrate Christmas Eve so that our adult children can then celebrate Christmas with their other. Because obviously with, with a spouse, there's a whole other family. So it works out really well. Christmas Eve with us, Christmas with their other families. And then Margie and I on Christmas, which is something I've never did in my life, because I always was either a child at home or as an adult at home with our children. This has worked out very well. We stay in Cape May on Christmas. And we did so again this Christmas. And then on the day after Christmas, we drive down to Sunset Beach. And I can't say this too loud, but we got some amazing things for all kinds of people for this upcoming Christmas. All right, so I better I better shh, better stop right there. So we love it. And they have all this neat stuff on Sunset Beach. Coming down, you see on the left-hand side the World War II lookout tower straight ahead in the ocean peeking out. You see the Atlantis, that's US at the end, not IS, and that's the concrete ship. Then, of course, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, at Sunset Beach, at sunset, they do the amazing lowering of the United States flag with Kate Smith, God Bless America, and all of the flags flown are from veterans' caskets that family members bring from their loved one's funeral for the ceremony. It's beyond profound. The best way to communicate exactly what has happened is to let Hume tell his own story. So I wrote this yesterday with the whole premise being get out of the way and let the principal tell the story. That's not L-E or A-L. It's, it's, it's not principal of school. It's the principal, L-E. Quote, my main shop has sold about 20 to 25% food products, including pasta and pasta sauce from Italy, peanut butter, bread mix, waffle mix, pancake mix, and many other types of food, said Hume. That's Larry Hume. Quote, we also sell over $100,000 at retail of soaps and bath products. We sell hand sanitizer. And they've also added face masks to help serve the current realities. The Humes have encountered uh, threats of police arrest this weekend. And again, we don't blame the police. They're doing their job. It's a, it, that's just a bad order. It's not their fault. Uh, they do a great job, the Lower Township Police, in an impossible situation of being told that 
by the prosecutor who's following his orders from the attorney general who's following his orders from the governor and i believe that the entire governor murphy order has been misinterpreted by the Kate May prosecutor and that hopefully this can be resolved. That's that's always the goal is conflict resolution. I have a video of um, such a pronouncement of, of a threat of police arrest. Uh, I at the time I received it, I was told I could not ever post it. Not not like down the road. You'll be able to just not right now or later today. I was told I could never post it. It was sent to me in trust so that I could see it. I have been asked not to share the video, but I assure you of its existence and that I have viewed it. I've watched it twice, and I don't intend on ever watching it again. Daniel Hume is in the video. Larry's in the video. And others. Daniel Hume is a, dec- is a decorated United States Marine. We visited with him uh, during that whole dust-up of Kate Smith. Daniel served our country for five and a half years, put his life on the line in theater, in service to our country, and it is outrageous that he would receive a threat of arrest, and it's just not right. Larry Hume offered to provide invoices, quote, this is from Larry, quote, invoices as well as letting the young police officer to look around the shop. The only They only sent one young officer who could have been my son. They never gave the Lower Township Business Person of the Year, 2019 Hume, the courtesy of even a visit from a sergeant at the very least, end quote. And, and again, Larry, I know he even regrets some of this um, because he has nothing but a great relationship and a great respect for the police. Quote, but you can imagine how frustrating it would be when you hear this. Quote, So as we have finished all sanitary, I upgraded, installed plexiglass professionally throughout every area, even upgraded our restroom sanitation program to that of a school or hospital. Quote, we already have the cleanest public restrooms serving hundreds of thousands of visitors to our area every year. People are now relieving themselves all over our property out of human need and desperation and can't wait. We must reopen said Larry Hume. Larry Hume conveyed that he trusted me to tell his story and that, quote, in addition to me, he has full faith in Senator Michael Testa, Antoine McClellan, Tim Donahue, Zeth Matalucci, are such people that we trust and understand, said Hume. Hume is presently looking at his next steps, uh, which hopefully it won't even come to this, but he has to look at everything from a lawyer to all kinds of things. And he talks a bit more about the officer coming through and telling everybody in the store they had to leave and things like that. Uh, Larry makes a comment. You can read it at WPGTalkRadio.com that there was a threat to charge his son. And that's in there. Uh, and Larry talks a bit about his son's background, which is impressive. And how he felt that he was being treated. He, he also shared an entire conversation uh, in his words that he had with the chief of police. That's all there on our story as well. So just for time's sake, I don't have time to read all of that now. And Larry just really just pretty much let it rip, saying that they just woke the sleeping giant. And 
I conclude that in my view, the hypertechnicality that they initially closed during the pandemic shouldn't matter. No one could possibly know how long this was going to last and that the Humes are selling essential products that people need to survive and they intended to remain open and they qualify to be open. And I write that it's surreal what this has come to in America, freest nation on planet Earth, when law-abiding prominent citizens can suddenly find themselves being threatened with police arrest. And I want to go to the break because I'm not done with this yet. And I, I have to also share with you that a listener of our program shared something with me that I had no idea was going on. I can't remember her name. Uh, we have a female prosecutor in Camden County. And I don't bring that up for any gender bias or any reason other than uh, just to describe that I know of the Camden County prosecutor, I forget her name at the moment, but what they are talking about doing, they're talking about if you, as a customer, go to an operation that is operating what they say is outside of the governor's order, illegally opened, that you could be imprisoned and receive a $1,000 fine. And I tell you, I got to draw the line because you just can't be threatening honest, law-abiding people that if a hair salon opened and you wanted to get a haircut because you haven't had a haircut in three months, keep in mind, if, if like I get a haircut once a month, I needed a haircut when this pandemic started. So it's like three months. You're going to tell me if I want to get a haircut, you're going to put me in jail but in New Jersey, they let a murderer go free for compassionate release. And you're going to put me or anybody else that would go to a health spa or to a salon or whatever. You're going to put them in jail while you're letting heinous people go for compassionate reasons. Come on. This is where they got to stop this stuff. Because I guarantee you, that's not what Governor Murphy has in mind. People acting stupid and going outside of the order, the governor's executive order. Knock it off. But more on this when we come back. Thanks for waking up. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. 